If we would go together to Matthew chapter 9, uh, let me read just a few verses with you all, and then uh, we'll get into the message. Uh, we're going to start in uh, chapter 9, uh, verse 9. And as Jesus passed forth uh, from thence, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the receipt of custom, and he saith unto him, Follow me. And he arose and followed him. And it came to pass, as Jesus sat at meat in the house, behold, many publicans and sinners came and sat down with him and his disciples. And when the Pharisees saw it, they said unto his disciples, Why eateth your master with publicans and sinners? But when Jesus heard that, he said unto them, They that be whole need not a physician, but they that are sick. But go ye and learn what that meaneth. I will have mercy and not sacrifice, for I am not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you, Lord, for your word. Uh, Lord, we were reminded in Sunday school today, uh, Lord, just how uh, blessed it is, uh, how much uh, how much of a value it is. Lord, you put great uh, weight in your word, even above your name. Lord, we, uh, we praise and thank you for all that you do for us, but we certainly want to give you thanks for your word tonight. Uh, Lord, uh, we thank you and we ask you, please, that as we gather around it, as we open it up and, and talk about it, uh, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would meet here with us tonight, that you would uh, you'd give us unity in your Holy Spirit, teach us your word, uh, Lord, most importantly, help us to apply it uh, where you would have us to apply it, Lord, that our lives would truly bring honor and glory to your name. Help us, dear, dear God. Uh, we pray this in Jesus' name, amen. All right. So that's a, that's a little bit in chapter 9 in Matthew. And if we look through that whole chapter, we see a lot of things going on. It's a loaded chapter there in Matthew chapter 9. Early on, uh, it starts off with the scribes accusing him of blaspheme for forgiving a man of his sins. Uh, the disciples of John afterwards came questioning Jesus' Jesus's leadership when asking him uh, why his disciples were not fasting. And when Jesus arrived at a certain ruler's house later in the chapter uh, to heal his recently deceased daughter, the crowd that was present laughed him to scorn. The Pharisees accused Jesus of casting out devils by the power of the devil. And despite how Jesus was being treated, he continued going on around all the cities and villages, teaching and preaching and healing all manners of sickness and disease. That's our Lord and Savior, isn't it? That was his earthly ministry. He walked around living a perfect, sinless life, God in the flesh, walking around, healing and ministering to people, all along the way being harassed, persecuted, even hated, right? His ministry, he was hated. He was despised by people. And uh, it's just that that's how it was for Jesus. And and, and really, this portion of Scripture uh, is no different as, as we read how the, the Pharisees, when they saw that uh, Jesus, having just called Matthew or Levi, it's mentioned in other Scripture, sitting down and meeting, they're, they're, they're getting together. And the Pharisees, just looking upon that, just looking upon that, they didn't, they didn't go to Jesus. That's a cowardly move right there. They didn't even go to Jesus. They went to his disciples and asked that question. Kind of sowing a little seed of discord in there, weren't they? Asking, why does he do this? Well, in fairness, I guess you could ask that question, right? But it's not so much the question that they asked. It's the hard attitude behind the question. Our pastor gave a fantastic message this morning. If any of you weren't there, uh, again, I just want to encourage you, uh, get, if you're not here, get the audible uh, of that and listen to it. Powerful message for sure. And I think um, 
it, it marries up very well with this message, not, not comparing my message with pastors, but it, it, it does. It, it, I'm going to talk about the heart tonight, and, and that really is uh, the crutch of the problem with man. In, in the scriptures, Jesus is dealing with the Pharisees. Lots of times it's the scribes or the Pharisees. They're constantly messing with Jesus. But we've got to take note that all along Jesus' ministry, wherever he was, they were there. Even before Jesus' earthly ministry, John the Baptist is out preaching in the wilderness, right? They were there. They came out. They didn't get baptized. They didn't believe, but they came out. And all along Jesus' ministries, it seems like the Pharisees and the scribes, they're right there. And you can't help but say, looking into the scriptures and understanding the role of a Pharisee or a scribe, they were very well-educated individuals. They knew the scriptures. They were they were sanctified people, weren't they? They set themselves apart from the world, so they were sanctified and they knew God's word. Yet they were a problem to Jesus because of the heart issue, because of the heart issue. This year is, uh, as I go through the scriptures every year, uh, I, I was, uh, I was pressed, uh, the Lord pressed upon me, uh, Galatians 2.20, where I'm crucified in Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ that liveth in me, uh, yet not, um but, 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 yeah, but I really, I do know it. It's just standing in front of you. I'm panicked. Uh, so yeah, I was, I was impressed on Galatians 2.20. And then as I'm reading through the scriptures, I was instantly taken to, uh, Revelation chapter 3 as he's going through all the letters. Pastor hit several of the letters today. And, and I, I was, I was, uh, I felt like the Holy Spirit pressed upon me the letter to the Laodiceans and, and how the fact that they, they, they knew God and yet they were so far off. I mean, they were they were way off, and, and that that scared me. Uh, how often can that be of us? We we think we're doing all right, but we're way far off. So it just seems like every time I, I'm in the scripture, God kind of takes me along those ways, uh, and, and it keeps coming back to me this year. I, I, th- I think I've already preached here uh, once this year, and so forgive me if some of my message is, is in there as well. It's just because that's what I'm seeing from God. That's what God's dealing with me about. I want to be very transparent. Uh, I, I'm a wretch, uh, quite. <laughs> Honestly, you let me do announcements, but I'm still a wretch, uh, and, and I'm a mess. I'm, I'm just trying to get through uh, this life, trying to please God. And uh, and I find that as I look at these scriptures, it's the I'm 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 moved to say not be so quick to disperse uh, the the fact. Oh, he's dealing with publicans. He's dealing with scripts, or scribes. That that's not of me. When I was a little boy, my mom's here tonight. Uh, she's from out of town. When I was a little boy, she she tried to raise me right, and she uh, she told me about strangers. And when she to- told me about strangers, I had I can still remember this. At 55 years old, I can still remember the image I had of a stranger. He had a big dark hat and a and a, and a black trench coat. And so when my mom was saying. And avoid strangers. This was the image that I was having in my head. I still have that image in my head uh, of a stranger. And, and we know now as adults that's the, strangers can be great. You were all strangers to me at one time. I love you guys. You guys are my friends. And, and so really, you, none of you had the big black hats and the. Uh, no, none of you had the, the big black trench coats or anything. You were all nice, but really th- that was my image. And I think that's what we can do when it comes to the publicans and scribes if we're not careful. We can, we can draw that, that, uh, disfigured type of, uh, disformed type of figure and their, their snarly voices and all that. I don't think they were anything like that. I think they were like you and me. 
I, I think they were at church. I, I think they were trying to live godly lives. So what can we glean from this? Look at what Jesus said to them in uh, verse 13. But go ye to the Pharisees, go ye and learn what that meaneth. I will have mercy and not sacrifice, for I am not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. So these Pharisees, they had a problem with people eating with Jesus who were, well, quite honestly, they were in trouble. Their life was a mess, and they didn't like that. They didn't like the fact that Jesus was eating with them. But we know in the scriptures why Jesus came, right? He came to call sinners to repentance. He he says, I didn't come to call the righteous to repentance, but I came to call sinners to repentance. Now, how should we look at that? that? That's a very valid question. How should we look at that right now? Anybody, I need participation. Curtis, how should we look at that? You're just up in front, so I'm going to call it. How should we look at that? And if not Curtis, anybody, you can phone a friend, whatever you got to do. How should we look at that? Yeah. So, but when he said, I didn't come to call the righteous, I came to call sinners to repentance. How should we view that? There's none righteous, Romans chapter 3 says. Thank you, Pastor. If you're going to phone a friend, that be the guy to call. Although you do have a lot of Bible scholars around uh, for sure. But absolutely, there is none righteous, no, not one. We're all sinners. So he, when he said he came to call not the righteous to repentance, but sinners to repentance, you know, he was coming for all. He was certainly coming for the publicans and the, and the scribes. He really was. He was coming for them too. He wasn't discluding anybody there. But because of their heart issue, they discluded themselves. And that's exactly what we can do as born-again believers. Now, again, if you believe the Lord Jesus Christ came, lived a perfect life in the flesh, he died, uh, three days later he rose just according to the Scriptures, you believe the Word of God, you believe those things, and you trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, ask Him to take your sin, you take His righteousness, the greatest exchange ever, you do all that, you're saved, yeah, you're all taken care of. But we're not done yet. We're still clothed in this flesh, so we're still going to be prone to sin. We need the gospel every bit as much as the lost sinner needs the gospel. For a different reason, we're already washed in the blood, we're saved, but we need forgiveness of sin too. We have to be reminded that the life that we're called to now is not the same life that we had before. We're not called just to, to just to come join Walridge Baptist Church. We're not come to call just to, to, to join a Sunday school class or whatever that we do, or even like Pastor said this morning, reading our Bibles and praying, even though you absolutely should be doing all those things. But we're called to live a sinless life. We're called, to, and it's possible in Him, uh, we're called to live a sanctified life. But we've got to do it with the right heart attitude. And that becomes all of our problem, quite frankly. I, I, and I know I'm talking to uh, great people. I, I believe that to be true. But we have that problem. Our heart gets hard. Right. Revelation chapter 3, when he's preaching to those in, in Laodicea, they thought that they were okay. That scares me. Because I wonder how often we think we're okay. We got our King James Bible. We're in church. We're even here on a Sunday night. And it's not even, it's not even our pastor preaching. Man, you're, you're a sanctified people. You're a holy people. 
But be careful. But careful. So what I'd like to do tonight is, is, uh, is I'd like to look at a couple other verses. And then what I'd like to do, do you all know how many times the word heart shows up in the Bible? It, there's, there's Bible software. You can, you can do a lot of searches and you can get a lot of things. I don't know if they, what we can do with them, but since I looked that up, can I share that with you? There's 765 times, I think, 765, 768 times the word heart shows up in our King James Bible. 111 times hearts, plural, shows up. That's a lot of verses. So we'll just go over each one briefly tonight, and uh, and we'll share what the Lord says about that. I'm just kidding. Uh, you know that. Uh, but I do want to go over the times that the Lord uses the word heart or hearts just in the book of Matthew and see what we can pull from that. Would that be okay? All right. Before we do that, you know, Jesus, when he says this, that uh, uh, go learn what, what this meaneth, I will have mercy and not sacrifice. Uh, you know, he's quoting Old Testament. Did, did you know that? Uh, probably a lot of you did. He's, he's quoting the book of Hosea. Uh, some say Hosea, some say Hosea, uh, and probably a whole other slew of pronunciations. Uh, I'm going to go with what Larry says. He's not here. That prophet's not here tonight. So I, I, I'm not really offending him. I don't think I'll answer to him face to face when I get to heaven. Larry, if I get beat up in heaven, that's going to be a bad thing, man. I, I know I can't blame people, but I, you know, I'm going to be looking for you. So uh, Hosea, I'm going to say Hosea. That's what I was always taught. Hosea preached that. And, and just let me give you a quick answer. That, that's an Old Testament prophet, right? Uh, it's uh, 13, 14 chapters, I believe. And, and in that book, boy, the Lord God called this prophet to do some strange things. Uh, take upon uh, him a wife that was a harlot. Uh, boy, he just he called him to do some strange things. But what, what, what the, what, what's in that chapter is the fact that Israel seems to have already uh, departed from the Lord and his ways. Ephraim and Judah were hanging... They they, they were they were doing they were they were God's people the remnant if you will they were hanging on but all of a sudden they were slipping too they were letting the ways of the world come in and affect their worship and ultimately affect their heart God kept calling them for the need of knowledge and that need of knowledge was the knowledge of Him He was calling His people Hey know of me that's why it's so important for us to be in church I know and you should be reading your Bible every day that 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 sh- that, that should be a, a staple in the but you ought to be in church too, because even though we read the scriptures, it's good to hear another uh, another person's perspective on it. And then we don't just take it as, oh, what well, well, Toby said it; it's got to be true. We shouldn't do that. We we know that, right? He, he is a godly man, but we are commanded to the scriptures to go and take these things and and, and to weigh them out, right? Uh, to look through these and make sure that these things are true. We should be doing that. Question mark? And don't raise your hands on this. How many of us do that? How many of us get fed a wonderful message and we really go home and we look at that? You know, uh, uh, because, well, the, the game is on or we're supposed to go to lunch or we, we've got all sorts of excuses, but we are without excuse. We get good Bible teaching multiple nights a week. We get, if you're signed up for the daily devotional, there's a shameless plug, do that, sign up for that. Uh, pastor sends a, a, a brief message, if you will, short, one, one page, gives you some Bible verses and a reading plan in there. If you get that too, man, and your daily, you, you got a lot of scripture coming in. So what are we, what, what are we doing with that? Uh, are we really searching these things out? To, uh, if if we all had a test tonight, everyone was going to a separate room, and you were all going to sit down with an unsaved person, could could you lead them to the Lord? 
Could you take your Bible and show them verses and lead them to the Lord? I know a lot of you can, but we should all be able to do that. Anything that somebody's going through in our workplace, in our families, any issue that they have going on, they should come to us because they should see a difference in us. So we should be able, not because of words of wisdom of us, but we should be able to say, well, have you considered what the Lord said here in this chapter or and point them to the scriptures? I'm saying this to myself, everybody, too. That's the type of people that we should be. We should not just be coasting through here looking for the next time that we can eat cornbread and chili or, or whatever we're going to eat. Not, not, oh, we're going to have food tonight, too. Miss Tracy, what are we having tonight? Pop! <laughs> I just uh, threw the message away. They're not listening anymore. But anyways, we should not just be coasting looking for the next time we're going to do something what we consider fun. We ought to be hungry for God's Word and not just hungry to gain in knowledge and understanding, but to take that knowledge and understanding and go give that to somebody. Hey, it's okay if it's a believer. Believers need help and encouragement too. When we come across one another, we should be encouraging one another. Brother Steve, what did you read today? Brother Doug, what, where's the Lord got you in the Scriptures? Those are the common kind of conversations we ought to be having with one another to encourage one another. So that's found in Hosea. The Lord Jesus is quoting Hosea. What's going on with the people in that particular time is they had a lack of knowledge of God and they were drifting far, far away and the world's ways were coming in and the multitude and it was showing in their life and God was not pleased, not pleased at all. We go down just a couple chapters from here, Matthew chapter 12, and we get another portion of scripture. Again, if we were to take the time and go right from Matthew chapter 9 into 10, 10, Jesus calls his disciples and gives them some commandments, some teaching, some some instruction to go out into the the world and to and to teach and to preach themselves he, he tells he spends almost the whole chapter doing that then jesus goes into the their cities where the disciples were and he starts preaching in their synagogues and 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 and, and stuff happens there uh and anyways as we get into uh chapter 12 look at me uh look at look with me um in chapter 12 and we will look at let's pick up in uh, verse one at that time at that time, Jesus went on the Sabbath day through the corn, and his disciples were hungered and began to pluck the ears of corn and to eat. But when the Pharisees saw, they said unto him, Behold, thy disciples do that which is not lawful to do upon the Sabbath day. But he said unto them, Have ye not read what David did when he was hungered, and they that were with him? How he entered into the house of God and did eat the showbread, which was not lawful for him to eat, neither for them which were with him, but only for the priest. Or have you not read in the law how that on the Sabbath days the priest in the temple profane the Sabbath and are blameless, and are blameless? But I say unto you that in this place is one greater than the temple. But if ye had known what this meaneth, I will have mercy and not sacrifice. Ye would not have condemned the guiltless. For the Son of Man is Lord even on the Sabbath day. Hey, did you notice there it was in uh, verse number two, but when the Pharisees, I don't know if it was the same group of Pharisees that were in chapter nine as in chapter 12, but he said, if you went and you learned this, you would know I want mercy and not sacrifice. He calls that same same verse up again, that same meaning. And you know, if we, as we compare those two, the Pharisees were interested in what people were eating, obviously. 
They they watched the they watched the sinners and the publicans sit down with Jesus. They were very interested in that whole thing. They didn't like it. Jesus shouldn't be doing that. Now all of a sudden, they're accusing his disciples. They don't like. They're not so much they don't like them, them eating corn. It's not so much that they don't like Jesus eating with them. They don't like him doing it on the Sabbath day. At least this time, maybe the Pharisees kind of grew up a little. They took their issue right with Jesus. But that kind of scares me in itself uh, when they say unto Jesus, Behold, thy disciples do that which is not lawful to do upon the Sabbath day. Oh, thank you for teaching Jesus. Thank, thank you for, thank you for usurping your authority on the creator of the universe. That, 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 uh, probably, uh, well, not probably, not such a smart idea. Uh, so Jesus again, he goes back to that portion of scripture. So, what's going on now? Jesus would have mercy and not sacrifice. Let me stop for, for a real quick second. What, what, what's mercy? What, what is mercy? What is it? Love? Okay, not getting not good in what we do deserve. Sure, anybody else want to take a stab at it? If you show mercy upon somebody, what are you doing? What is it, Fred? Pity, pity, sure. Giving them help, did you say? Forgiveness, all, all those things for sure. To have mercy, that's what the Lord would have. He wants his people to have that. Do you, do you do that pridefully? Do you do that uh, uh, boasted and, and all that? Can Can you show mercy like that? Uh, I don't think you could, uh, not with the right heart, not the right mercy. Uh, it, you think Jesus is against sacrifice? He says, I, I would have mercy and not sacrifice. Do you think he's against sacrifice? I don't think he's against sacrifice. I mean, that's throughout the scriptures. I think what he's laying this down is in contrast, uh, comparing. Hey, the Pharisees were all about the sacrifice. Hey, uh, don't do this and do that uh, and, and clean up that outside. And, and yet inside they were terrible uh, the the lord referred to them as whited sepulchers at, at a portion of scripture so so they, they they've got some problems uh for sure so a, as i stated i i'd like if i could to, to go with some verses with y'all just through the book of matthew and look at some verses that talk about the heart because that really is where all that comes from uh on the outward side we can do the sacrifice and, and but it really should be from the heart that mercy uh, love pity forgiveness that that gets that gets brought forth. So let's look at some verses on on heart or hearts. In Matthew five eight, blessed are the pure in heart. Jesus saying this, for they shall see God. Hmm. The pure in heart, it will affect our eyesight. Is what I get from that verse. They shall see God. Now that's the Lord Jesus Christ on the Mount, the Sermon on the Mount, right? He said, the pure in heart. They shall see God. If we want to experience God and see God, our heart has to be pure. Think about your salvation experience. Could you possibly have gone and got forgiveness from the Lord Jesus if your heart wasn't pure, if you weren't humbled, if you weren't seeking mercy or forgiveness? I say no. I I, I would say no. Uh, 528 says this, But I say unto you that whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her hath committed hath committed adultery with her already in his heart. The eye gate can affect at least the expose, at least expose our heart condition. So you get what Jesus is saying there. If you looked upon a woman, you have, you've lusted already in your heart and you've committed adultery. It happens in our heart. So what goes through our eye, our eye gate directly has an effect on our heart. 
right? It really does if you think about that. We, we could covet. We could, we could just do a lot of bad things about the way that we look on it. Now, it, it is, uh, it is, uh, for a man is a beautiful woman, a, a, a bad or evil thing? No. Is a handsome man a bad for a woman? No, that's not bad in itself. It's where the heart goes after looking upon that, what the condition can be. In Matthew 6, you'll notice that all these verses, it's the Lord Jesus speaking these, by the way. He cares a lot about our heart. 621 says, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Ah, there's a strong indication for us. The things that matter to you, your treasure, the things that you value, if I could throw another word on, the things that you value, that's where your heart is. So if you're not sure where your heart is, you think it's all right. If if your treasure is not in the Lord Jesus Christ, if it's not on spiritual things, be aware that's not a good thing. Uh, 9-4, but Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, Wherefore think ye evil in your hearts? Uh, So our minds are often linked very closely with our hearts. Throughout the scriptures, again, we're just looking at Matthew. There is a, you know, there's a lot of verses on heart and hearts. Our mind very closely linked with our hearts. Uh, our, Our hearts can affect the way our mind thinks. i got three little granddaughters. And uh, as I pray for them on a daily basis, what I ask of the Lord, I ask them many things for them, but I ask them, Lord, please don't let them give their heart away to somebody that's not of you. I, I, I think about that it, it, for our young people, right? Our hearts can blind us, can't they? Can't they? Once somebody falls in love, man, they don't see any of the flaws. I'm thankful for that when I met Kim. <laughs> she didn't see the, a mess. Is what she walked in, but somehow she fell in love. Now she's stuck with me. So I'm thankful for that. But with a pure heart, I'm thinking now as a saved man, hmm, careful, careful where we give our heart. Now that's for my, for my little granddaughters, but that's for us now too. Careful where we give our heart. Don't give your heart to work. Don't give your heart to the things of this world. That, that it, it'll get taken quick and it will affect your mind. You won't even know it. Boy, that's scary. Boy, we need the Lord. Boy, we need his word. Matthew eleven twenty nine. check this verse out. Jesus says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. And ye shall find rest on your souls. That's a, that's a wonderful verse to meditate upon, to think about our Lord and Savior. He's telling us to take up, take upon us His yoke. You know what a yoke is, not the egg, not the egg. It's, it's a thing like, uh, like, uh, the oxen or the mules would wear, right? When they were yoked together, they were going in one direction. Right? When you're yoked together, you're not going ever, you're yoked with the Lord. You take His yoke, guess what? He's carrying it. He, he, he's, he's confining you. He, he's helping you to think about the things that we ought to be thinking about, Philippians chapter 4. Uh, he, he, he's telling us what we ought to be thinking about. It, 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 yeah, you, you, you know that. Uh, but he says, learn of me. Learn of me. We ought to constantly be wanting to know more about Jesus. More about Jesus. I love that song. Uh, and it should be true in our hearts. Uh, we should want to know more about Jesus. And look at the scriptures. I, I know those of you that have been saved for a while, you've been through these, especially the gospel. You've been through them countless times, right? 
but don't let the familiarity of you, of them rob you of the closeness with your Savior. Charlie gave a fantastic message this morning for us in the adult senior, or adult seniors, yeah, uh, the adult Sunday school class on, on our Bibles, the King James Bible, and, and the importance of God's Word and how we can know Him through that. The, the truth is God. Pastor alluded to that in his message today. We have uh, God, the Lord Jesus, uh, to, he, he was the Word, right, clothed in flesh, and, and then this is the Word that He manifested for us, that preserved for us. Uh, learn of Him, learn of Him. Matthew uh, twelve thirty four. O generations of vipers, Jesus says, how can ye, being evil, speak good things? Great question. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Our mouth, the things that we say, directly links into our heart. Here's a warning sign, though. You can say all the right things, and you can say it with a smile, with a little bit of tone inflections, and you can say all the right things, but your heart be wrong. So that's not a dead giveaway. But it certainly is an indication. You hang around with somebody a while. They, they, you know, if we just see one another in church, you know, we, we could probably fake one another out a little bit. It's rotten to say, but it's true. Uh, we can, we can, you know, put on the spiritual lingo and all that. We know what to say, right? I, I, I hate that, but but it's true. Uh, if we if we get to fellowship with one another, if all of a sudden Rick takes that last piece of pie, uh, you know, I don't know. Maybe you'll see something come out of me that, that will show show a reflection of my heart not that we should be looking to well let, let, let's let's get him now let, let, no, that that's not what we're doing but what comes out of our mouth the best words that you should be analyzing are your own your own we can pick apart one another's words terribly and miss everything we ought to be looking at our own words and not just what we're saying but with the heart that's saying it why would i say that i don't want to i don't want to say something nice about somebody if that's not what my heart's feeling because that's flattery uh, i i want to be an encourager uh, with the right heart motive, right? I think that's what you all want to. Uh, Matthew 15, 8 kind of goes along the same lines. This people draweth nigh unto me with their mouth and honoreth me with their lips, but their heart's far from me. That, that could be us. That could be us in what we say. We sound spiritual, but the heart could be far from Jesus. 1235, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth good things. And an evil man out of the evil treasure bringeth forth evil things. We know that. We can be judged by our fruit. What kind of fruit is coming out of our life? Again, we can try to put on those false type of uh, of fruit, but honestly, you can paint a... uh, uh, What's a rotten fruit? Uh, you can paint a crab apple yellow and call it a lemon, but it's not a lemon. Uh, you, you know, we, we ought not to be uh, false about the fruit. Analyze our own fruit. Again, I'm not supposed to be analyzing the fruit from Curtis. I'm supposed to be analyzing the fruit out of my own life. But do we do that? We analyze one another's fruit. I think we're all fruit inspectors, if we're honest. But do we look at the fruit coming from our own lives? We really need to look at that. Matthew thirteen fifteen. For this people's heart is wax gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest at any time they should see with their ears, or see with their eyes and hear with their ears, and should understand with their heart, and should be converted, 
and I should heal them. Uh, this has some dense meaning for sure. It can be difficult to grasp uh, the meaning of all this, but uh, if we're not careful, what we need to get, catch here is a man's heart can get hard. It can get stony. This is called wax gross, meaning a lot of fat came around it and and it wasn't pliable anymore. It wasn't flesh. Uh, I I forget what Old Testament prophet, oh, I have it written down here. Uh, Ezekiel says, uh, I will give them one heart and will put a new spirit within you and I will take the stony heart out of their flesh and will give them a heart of flesh. That's us as born again believers. We should have a, a heart of flesh, a soft heart, ministering onto one another, not not ripping on one another, not putting false expectations or any of that other stuff that, that if we're not careful, we can fall into all of that. Um, yeah, we're, we're, we're getting close here. Um, let me throw another couple of verses at you and then, then we'll, then we'll stop. Uh, but those things which proceed, this is Matthew 15, 18, but those things which proceed out of the mouth come forth from the heart. And they defile the man. Again, it's what comes out of our mouth. Uh, Matthew 18.35, So likewise shall my heavenly Father do also unto you, if ye from your hearts forgive not every one his brother their trespasses. You remember that parable uh, about the guy that owed the king, right? He owed him a lot of money. The king forgave him. Uh, the Lord likened that to the kingdom of heaven, right? And uh, he forgave him, but that guy went out and he had a great debt that he was forgiven of. But when he he, he saw another guy that owed him just a few bucks or whatever. Uh, Horrible English, but uh, he wouldn't forgive. Matter of fact, took him by the neck. Took him by the neck and choked him and wanted to wanted him to pay back. That was, that was a horrible example. Uh, we, we need to forgive from the heart. Uh, that's what the Lord has called us to do. L- let me give you this illustration. Uh, there's, again, you know there's a lot of verses in the Bible about our heart. You know the Lord puts great emphasis on our heart condition. He wants us to be very, very careful of that. You've got to analyze your heart. So here's an here's a, a, a analogy for you. You ever go to one of those supermarkets that are having a coloring illustrate or coloring contest? They're giving out coloring sheets for kids. Kids color it, maybe different age groups, and they color it. And then, boy, does that happen down here? Okay, good. <laughs> so you go to the supermarket, wherever this is, and they've got a whole wall plastered with these pictures colored, right? And you walk by them, and you're looking at some of them are fantastic, and some of them are like, Oh, and they got them in different age groups. And if your kid put one in there, you're looking for your kids, right? And it's the best if it's your kids, right? No matter what it is. Uh, but, but you're looking at those coloring pictures. And as I was thinking about that illustration, I, I, I thought about our lives. When life is all said and done, are we going to have, I know this is corny, but we just hang with me for a minute. Are we going to have in heaven a, a, a picture hung up of our life? of all the things that we used in it. And, and, and I liken the, the truths from God's word as these crayons. You, you, you ever see these crayons now that the kids got? I, I mean, they're amazing. 64 color. There's a lot more than that now. They're just beautiful now. Once the kids get them, they're broken up. Anyways, uh, so you, you get these... You, you can have some beautiful pictures. And you look at these pictures before there's any coloring on them. Wow. It's a blank canvas. What you can do with that... If putting forth the effort, if you take some of these crayons and you color and you do the best you can, you can really make something beautiful. But then you got those kids. I know a couple of them. They're in such a hurry. They grab that crayon. They jam that that crayon down on the paper so hard. The point breaks off and they they do this and then they're done because they're in a hurry, right? 
Now, as a grandparent, it's still a beautiful picture to you. But you know, you know they were in such a hurry. They quick put that up. And that's all that's on there. They didn't, they didn't do the other colors. They didn't take their time to fill it all in. Is that you and me, brother and sister? Have we taken some truths of God's word and we've applied them? We're still going to be in heaven. Our picture's still going to be hanging up there if you're saved. But there's still time yet. Color. Take some of the beautiful things of God's word and put them on our life for his honor and glory. You know what the worst thing is? When you go by those those, uh, those contests and you see a picture that was taken, and it's just kind of thrown on the floor. A kid took it. Nah, I don't even want to do anything with it. Or I'll take this picture and I'll do it at home and I'll bring it back later. Never gets back there, does it? Rarely ever. Let's take what God gives us every time he gives us something. And we can go to him anytime we want. Let's take what he gives us and really apply it to our lives and really ask ourselves the hard question. Is my heart right with this? Don't be so quick to assume we're okay. They weren't okay in Laodicea. They thought that they were. I think that should scare us. I think it should scare us. Plead with God. He doesn't want us to have a messed up picture, uh, one that's not complete, one that's not used uh, for his honor and glory. He doesn't want that. He'll help us with this. And when you make a mess, when you go outside the lines, he'll forgive you. If you use the wrong color. Did you know that, did you know, Don, did you know blue and yellow makes green? <laughs> does. It does. Anyways. Hey, thanks for listening. Thanks for being my brothers and sisters. Thanks for encouraging me. I appreciate you. I appreciate this church. Don't take it for granted. Pray. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to end in a word of prayer. Pastor, you do as you see fit. There is pie over there just to let you know. Um, so Father in heaven, I do thank you for your word. I thank you for your patience and your grace and your mercy that you bestow upon every one of us. Lord, you called us into a relationship with you. You, you blessed us while we were yet sinners. You, uh, you're such a wonderful God. Uh, Lord, help us, Lord. Help us to take things seriously. Lord, to walk with you with, with faithfulness, with fervence, with with great desire that we would not stray. As it was mentioned this morning, God, help us not to leave you. We know you won't leave us. Help us not to leave you. Lord, uh, write your word upon our hearts and let us let us uh, let us hold tight to it. God, let us pray for one another. Lord, thank you for what you're doing here at Walridge. God, please keep Satan at bay. Uh, keep him far away. Lord, as our children grow, please let them grow close to you. Help them to fall in love with you, Lord. Help them to hate evil and to love righteousness. Lord, uh, help us to love one another. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.